everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. Okay. Um, my name is Spanky. It is actually my real name. It was my dad's nickname. And the story that I always got was obviously he was probably nicknamed that from the little rascals. Yeah. Apparently my mom was so blinded by love. She didn't think I was a girl past the age of two. I don't know. I, I mean, she gave me a very small window of career opportunity. <laughs> Thank God for photography. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> Yeah, I I was told I was named after for real Jed Clampett. So we we yeah. are, yeah. I yes, and so and th- and those shows I think were probably on around the same time. Oh yeah, right? I, I feel there's a very special bond between the two of us at this point. Whether we whether we like it or not, it's you it's feel there. pain. A lot of people cannot understand that I've experienced. <laughs> I, I how how often do people say is that your real name or is that your whole name? I get yeah, that all, all the, time. the time. Yes, or what's even funnier is when people say, "Do you have a nickname?" <laughs> yeah. do, and do I, I don't, need one? Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> My nickname and my name are the same. I'm like, yes, it's Jill. I mean, what? <laughs> what <laughs> where do you go from Spanky, really? You know? I'm going to use that from now on. <laughs> Some people call me Frank. Yeah. <laughs> so Okay, uh, so I wanted, I wanted to talk about that just initially because that was, to me, that's like the elephant in the room when, when Jed and Spanky are having a conversation. Right. I, feel like, I feel like it has to be addressed there's a lot of, there's a few different things that I wanted to get to with you. And I, I've been, you know, I'm a creeper. That's what oh, I do okay. on the webs, on the, on the socials. I, I don't say a lot outside of what I have to for, for work, right. For this show and for different things here and there, but I look a lot at stuff. I like to see who's doing what and what's going on and who thinks what, and, you know, sometimes I'm on the same page and sometimes I am not on the same page. But I, that's not as big of a deal to me as I still want to know what somebody really thinks and where they're at. So with you, the more I looked into you deeper, did a deeper dive, mm-hmm. I was more and more intrigued by what I saw. Okay. Um, I'm nervous. <laughs> Well, you know, and this isn't, this isn't live. So if we, if I go down a path and you're like, "Mm, there's there's a, there's a, there's a blockade on that path, then (laughs) then we will just, I will sheepishly backtrack and try to find a different avenue to talk about something else. But the first thing I notice about you immediately past your name is that you, uh, you, you're a photographer. I get that. And that's probably why we're initially having this conversation, but you're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. right yeah. yes so like the photography piece is a is a piece of a much bigger right. pie right. Mm-hmm. Give, give me a sense of that to, you know, to begin with it's and I am a, a creative and and I think a lot of creatives will kind of r- relate with me here when I say 
when you're creative most of the time in one field, you kind of can be creative in a lot of different things. Sure. For me, yeah. um, aesthetics is something that over the years of trying to understand myself a little bit, I've had to kind of work backwards as to who I was as a teen and all the things. And, and I've really learned how all these pieces have kind of fit together to mold me into who I am today. But it took a little bit of like kind of stepping back and going, why, why do I see the world differently? Why, why do I, um, struggle with focus when, you know, so my backstory is, you know, I went to college I changed my major. I was there three years. I never graduated because, and I jokingly say, I feel like I graduated, you know, at, at three years in, I was like more of a freshman than I was the day I started as a freshman, because I think I went backwards more than I went forward. <laughs> I like that. I kept changing my major because so many things interest me. And I started off with um, architecture and design that in, involved way too much geometry and was way off for me. Um, I ended up, I, I did business a little bit because, you know, my parents being good parents, I'm like, did y'all live with me at all? Did, did you pay attention to me whatsoever? Because business, granted, in hindsight now, had I paid attention and followed right. and pursued business, I'd probably be a lot further along in life I know it. than I am now. But you know, I'm, I can, I can color with the best of them. So business was <laughs> not really, something to hold my attention. Um, and then I went into, I did a little bit of journalism. I love, uh, and mm. talking, I love speaking, I love sharing. And I actually even pursued, um, a, for a hot second, wanted to be kind of like a therapist or some sort of, you know, like I, I love the human story. Now, 18 year old Spanky did not make sense of any of this the more mature that we're not going to mention my age spanky is like this makes sense this was everything i am today was who i was then i'm just honing into that now so as a creative and as an entrepreneur absolutely so i have flipped homes my my heart and love is in home design i eat sleep drink and breathe all things home remodel home design home decorating all the things again aesthetically things are have to be pleasing to me um i used photography as my creative outlet when i was having young children and it was kind of my my chance to still have a little bit of like me while I still got to be a mom. And I loved the creative outlet photography. And, and I've always had a camera with me. I learned early on with photography, but I, I kind of started trying to fit in and do what everyone else did. And it felt really odd to me. Um, and actually I started hating it because what I realized was I didn't take pictures of people and portraits to create art. It, it wasn't about art for me. I've always carried a camera, literally, I hope my mom doesn't watch, but like to the bars in college, to you know the high school basketball games that I was going to. It was not to create art, it was to capture and hold on to a memory in a moment. Mm, and mm. once I realized why I was having this disconnect with my clients very early on in photography, it was because I realized I was so, worried about trying to to keep up with the industry's I think expectation of what portrait should look like and that's not what I that's not how I saw the world I didn't see the world in a portrait I didn't see the world in art I saw the world in moments and um what so were you doing though back then 
I, I, I want to stop you for a second because I'll forget this. What were you doing? What did it look like for you to essentially, what, conform or to essentially do something that you thought you were supposed to be doing as opposed to who you, what you really, who you really are and what you really wanted to do or should have done? So, you know, a lot of photographers, when they have the tenure and they've learned their camera and they've kind of found their, their creative work, they look back and they kind of laugh at their old work. They're almost <laughs> embarrassed. Like, oh my God, I'm so yeah. embarrassed. Yeah. You know, for a while, and I did this because once I felt this disconnect and this like, why don't I love photography anymore? I've literally had a camera from as long as I can remember. Right. Um, why, why don't I love this anymore? I started going back and I looked at my old work trying to figure out what happened. Where, where did I lose this connection? When I looked back at my old work, yes, it was oversaturated. Yes, it was a little cheesy. Yes, it was all these things. But you know what I noticed? I was bold in my creativity. I was bold and stepping outside of the rules and just shooting what I saw and what I felt and what's, what, what, felt right to me. And I think I got, I'm also a people pleaser and I've learned that over the years that I think I got so intimidated with what I saw the masses doing and felt like that obviously is what people wanted to see. I started doing that and I can put it this way. Um, I was a senior photographer. I actually kind of jumped into doing a few seniors and a few companies way back when um, asked me to beta test and, and to do blog work, like actions and do blog work for mm. some of their forums and stuff. So I just put the seniors because I thought that's what people wanted of me. Right. Um, and what I noticed real quickly is I was taking a senior and I was having her wear a perfect outfit and I was putting her in a perfect location with the perfect makeup and the perfect light. And I was taking this technically perfect portrait. It sounds perfect. It sounds perfect, <laughs> but I don't see the world in, in a perfect light. I see the Whoa. world in, in this gritty. I see, again, that's my human connection. I see maybe, maybe heartache and pain. And we all have a story. And even at 18, 19 years old, we have a story, but you know yeah. what, even beyond that, even as 20 and 30 and 40 year olds, I want them to be able to look back at this 18 year old portrait and it to not be so perfect that they forget the story they started mm. and what got to write them. Does that make mm. sense? So it took yeah. me having to really, sh to, to own kind of my own junk and to go, where is this disconnect? I had to put in the work. Why am I not connecting with what the industry at the time was saying what photography work should look like and it didn't feel right to me so I had to kind of break down and go okay what where did where did I where did I conform all of a sudden and where is that not setting well with me and you know just the other day someone asked if I used a reflector um I don't because I I don't want perfect light I feel like we all have in you know the shadows we have those that light and that dark and our that's the perfect epitome of what life is. There's going to be the light and there's going to be the dark and you're never going to appreciate the light if you don't understand and see and embrace your dark. So I don't try to take a reflector. Whoa, the light is really wonky here because we have like heavy clouds and stuff. So I keep like 
as you're talking about the light in the dark. Here I am. (laughs) So, so yeah, I, I embrace the raw and the gritty. I don't, I don't want my seniors to think of their portraits as a day. That's not what I'm, I'm not taking their pictures for a day. I'm taking their pictures for them to look back. And, and you know, sometimes when you like, and I've said this before, when you hear a song or you smell a smell and immediately it takes you back to a place in time that you didn't even remember you remembered until you heard that. I want my seniors to look back at their portraits and to be like immediately reminded of Friday night lights or the songs they used to play in their room or the feeling they had, you know, walking into the kitchen in the morning, whatever. I want them to be hit with an emotion, not a, Oh, look at my pretty outfit that I chose for my senior picture day, you know? So, so did you get to a point where, all right. Cause over time you build a brand, right. And it, and it sounds as though you started to shoot for what you thought a standard was, mm-hmm. you know, based on the industry or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then it, at some point you, you started to, be more yourself, I guess, and kind of do your own thing and really express who you, who you were in your, in your own style. Right. And then you, you build a brand around that. Like mm-hmm. that becomes something that at, at some point, did you see clients coming to you that were coming to you for your brand because you weren't shooting at, at, for some industry standard, so to speak. So the, you call it gritty as opposed to perfect light. Well, then you have a brand right. that, that showcases that. And then did you see your clientele coming to you because they wanted that? Yes. And here's, and here's why. Because what I realized was, you know, when we all start looking like each other, I feel like we all, we all have our own fingerprints, right? I feel like we all have our own creative fingerprint. We all have our own unique way of seeing the world. I definitely feel like you could line five photographers up in one location with one client and all five photographers should be able to see that location unique to them. I think when we all start replicating each other's work, then we blend in. And then what happens is, is the only way we stand out is with our pricing. So Mm. then the cheapest person wins. And at what point Mm. do we feel like winners when we're artists saying I won because I'm cheaper than anyone else? Mm. I feel like you're doing yourself a disjustice by not really being true to you. So absolutely, when I was shooting differently, you know, I didn't have the full calendar because not everyone wanted what I was offering, but the people who saw what I was offering and it related to them and they, they resonated with my work. They believed in me. They trusted me wholeheartedly with their sessions. At that point, I, I raised my prices. I shot less. You know, people will ask, well, what about the controlling mom who did it? I never had that. I never had that because you never had a controlling mom. A mom, not once I owned my, my brain, once I started shooting, uh, because I, I will tell my clients very quickly, you came to me because you saw something that grabbed you. If you can't trust the process, you're not going to get the work that you want from me. Mm-hmm. You have to let me, I, it's like me going to my hairdresser and going, I want you to cut my hair with this kind of scissor. Well, mm. no, that's not going to work. I don't know how to get the end product only she does because she's educated in that so they have to trust me 
with what I can Were the parents or, or the moms in particular a big, are they a big part of your sessions or do you generally like to take the, the seniors out by yourself? Whatever makes them more comfortable, but a lot of times I want the moms to experience it. Um, mm. It's a day. It's a fun day. I, my senior, I actually just uh, two days ago, I shot a senior and her mom said, we're in a three-way text. So me, the mom and the senior, while we're, we're figuring out locations and outfits and all the things, and I have control over every part of the session. Um, the mom said, I don't think I'm going to come because she doesn't feel like she will be able to be herself around me. And I told her, I said, I don't want you to miss out on this moment. She needs to trust that there, she's not going to get to be anything less than herself because I'm going to be dictating the session. You won't mm. be. So mm. you just get the on look. That's all. She and and I direct them so much they don't have time to think what mom's doing. They're listening to me and everything that I'm doing. So they they you, don't. You said a lot in that response without having to say it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I read into that a lot and I think it makes <laughs> a lot of sense. You're like, yeah, mom, you're gonna be there, but you're this isn't your gig. You're, uh, I've got the reins on this, right? But at the same yeah. time, you do want her there to be a part yeah. of the experience. Mm -hmm. And it's then been, at the same time, you're reassuring the senior that, yeah, mom's going to be there, but this is really all about you, right? There's, yes. a, lot, there's a lot going on in that, in that mm -hmm. response. Mm -hmm. Tell me this, how, what sort of similarities do you see i get the creative piece right between between photography and between in interior decorating but what sort of similarities do you see when it comes down to the sub the subjectivity of style right so mm -hmm. how do you take that mindset into an interior design piece and think oh there's an industry standard or maybe there's rules so to speak that look like this and how do you how do you go into something like that and and unabashedly break those rules too? I think well, and I think they all kind of connect in the sense of again, it's about a feeling. I don't want you to walk into a room and to notice bits and pieces of the room. I want you to feel something mm -hmm. when you walk into the room. I mm -hmm. want I, I'm real big again, and that's one of those things that I have. To discover with myself, I've always been this way, but with light and the way light comes into a room, or you know, like the way I design a room is well, I'll give you this is really weird. Um, when I will flip a home, so when I'm about to purchase a home that I know that we're gonna flip, um, a lot of times I just go into the empty house and I just sit, I just want to sit because it's not, I don't walk into that house and have a design in, in mind. This is the design I'm giving this house. I go into the house and I, I kind of let the house dictate the design it deserves. Like it's, it's bones are there. It's about me reading what is already there and then making it the best it can be. And that's kind of what I do with my seniors. They're, they're them, the, the bones are there. It's about me capturing them the best way I can show their story and their journey through my camera. It's all the, the same. And, you know, along with um, design and photography, I also do a lot of like coaching women, speaking and stuff like that. And again, it's that same connection. You are there. Who Your thoughts, your beliefs, what you want is there. You just have to decide to hear it, see it, act on it, and believe in it.
So it's all the same. It all goes into this whole, you know, I just, I want everything to, to realize its own beauty, whether it's the home, whether it's a senior, whether it's a woman or a photographer kind of struggling in her place in photography or, you know, whatever it may be. I want so you to- do coaching and mentoring too, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Just for women? Um, no, I've actually, well, with photography and stuff, I've mentored uh, men as well. I, actually, people have said to me a lot that I, I kind of shoot a little bit more like a man than I would a woman. For whatever reason, I don't, I don't necessarily I don't even know what that means. I, I, Maybe I, I should know what that means. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm just like, well, and I do, I see a lot of my favorite photographers. A lot of my favorite photographers actually are male photographers. Um, I think they're less worried about the pretty and the perfection than oh. I think some women are possibly. Oh. I, I feel like a lot of men get a little bit more raw and gritty than some women photographers do. That's not there's no exception, you know, there's exceptions to the rules all the way through. Of course, but, uh, of course. But yeah, so I do, I also run a company that, you know, it's a network marketing company where women are kind of able to dream big and, and I, I motivate them and I, I coach them on, you know, okay doesn't have to be okay. Sometimes we get very, my work's okay. okay. My, my income is okay, but you don't have to stop it. Okay. Just because it's okay. Uh, doesn't mean there's not room for more and you right. might have more in you, but you can't settle with okay. In fact, in, in, from my perspective, okay, definitely means objectively that there is room for more. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you're sure. saying it's okay, mm-hmm. you're saying it's not good. It exactly. certainly isn't great. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So push yourself to find out what, what, what else is in the tank? What else do you have? Okay. Now I'd like, that's all, that's all great stuff. And I'm glad that we covered that, but I, you wear a lot of hats, get a lot of irons in the fire, but from my perspective, following you on the gram, your most important hat is mom. Mm-hmm. It is. You have four kids. <laughs> yeah, lots. Can you can you tell me about your children a little bit? Well, they're they're teens. <laughs> they're they're typical teens. Um, I think it, it kind of all goes. I my my most important hat is a mom. But hear me when I say this. My also one of the most important things about being a mom is showing your children you're willing to believe in yourself. Mm. Because if you can believe in yourself, you're training them that they can believe in themselves. So I want my kids to, obviously my kids are going to love me, I'm their mom. But I want them to have the opportunity to be proud of me. And I want them to see that I, I stumble and I fall and I trip up. But it's not those things that define me. It's what I do after that. So, um, the one thing that I I kind of, and I'm a little bit unconventional when it comes to my parenting, because if you, and you, if you follow me on social media, you know, my friends, uh, my kids and I are, are are very, very, very close. Um, and a lot of it is because, you know, the, the age old saying, they're your kids, they're not your friends. Um, I wiped that out the window a long time ago. Yes. Because. I want my kids to be my friends. I am, am their mom. They can't get rid of that. They can't shake that, but they can choose whether or not they're my friend. 
And I want them to always choose me as a friend. So, um, you know, there's, there's some things I think that they, I teach them that they're not perfect. They're 15, 16, 18, 20. They're going to stumble. They're going to fall. I'm not ever going to put my kids on this pedestal of you better behave this way or you're going to be in trouble because why? Because I am in my forties still falling, still stumbling, still making mistakes, still inadvertently. Some of my mistakes hurt them. Mm. I want them to show me grace. And the only way they're going to learn to show grace is by receiving grace. Mm. So my kids know that I have expectations of them. My kids know that, you know, I, I am going to always offer advice and train and teach them things. Hey, I did this and it didn't work out for me. You still get to make your own decision, but it doesn't work out for you. I'm going to love you through it. I'm not going to save mm. you. I'm not going to save you mm. from your decisions. I will love you through your decision. So together we'll work on it. But I also believe that, you know, when you're 16 and you're having a great day, you're going to turn to your friend. When you're having a bad day, you're going to turn to your friend. When you're super excited and have something you want to share, you're going to turn to your friend. When you're in trouble, you're going to turn to your friend. If I'm not their friend, they're turning to another stupid 16 year old for all that advice. And I'm missing <laughs> out on a lot. Right. So I want to be their friend. And, and sometimes that means, you know, having to hear and know things you don't want to know, but it's so you can know and decipher through the things that you need to know, you know, help, help me with this part. I, I, I think we're on the same page for the, for the most part. Um, I, I, full disclosure, I am typically the guy that would say, I'm not your friend. I'm your dad. Mm -hmm. But however, um, I, I want that relationship, uh, the friend piece as well. Maybe I want to have my cake. Maybe it's because I want to have my cake and eat it too. Maybe that's what it is. But here's, here's the part that that's, that's, you said something. Okay. I, I'm not going to save you. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm absolutely going to save you. But then the more you fleshed it out, I was like, ah, I get what she's saying. Mm -hmm. Help me with it a little bit. Can you, can you unpack the save piece and give me, if you can, maybe you have to make something up rather yeah. than a real life <laughs> example. But give me like an example of what that means and what that looks like. Like this happens, right. mom's not coming to the rescue, you're dealing with this on your own because I'm not going to save you. What does that yeah. mean? Um, you know, the one kind of quote that I, I tell my kids all the time, we all have to live and die by the mistakes we make. We all, we all live and die by our, own, our decisions. Um, mm -hmm. I can guide you in a decision, but inevitably it's your decision. So, you know, I have three, my oldest son is about to be 21. My twins are 19, all three boys. And then I have a 15 year old daughter. So, you know, I'm just now starting the, the girl thing, but for example, for, for my sons, um, and this is something that you, you just have to address whether you like it or not with all of them. But, you know, for my sons, I'm like, listen, you get to live and die by the decisions you make. Now I was a very young, well, very young mom. I was 22 when I had my son, 22 in the grand scheme of things is still pretty darn young. Yeah. I have told my, my kids, it wasn't easy. This, I missed out on this opportunity, this opportunity. Now I love you and I've worked through it, but could I have waited 
and things been a little easier for me. Absolutely. So sure. a classic example is if you want to go out and do all the things team boys are doing and you get someone pregnant, I'm going to love you through, but I'm not raising that kid. That's your decision. Mm. That is, mm. if you have to quit school, if you don't get your college scholarship, that's yep. on you. I'm not watching that kid so you can fulfill your college scholarship. Right. That's you. You get to live and die by the decision. So you lay it down. You lay oh, it down sure, big. Sure, for sure. I mean, I will love that baby. That baby is a baby. Right. It's my baby. It's your baby. Right. And right. I'm going to still right. go travel. I'm still mm -hmm. going to go shop and buy the things I want because my mm -hmm. money is my money. You're the one who's going to be eating ramen tending to a kid if that's your choice. Now, I'm going to love you. I'm going to love the sure. baby, but that's right. your choice, you know? No, so no, I no. That, I, think that makes, I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, it's interesting that you, you, you brought all that up because it, it leads me to, okay, man, I feel like this is a risky one, but I want to bring it up. A few different times I've read via what you've, what you've posted and what's on your website about the midlife crisis piece. Mm -hmm. What? What, what do you mean? <laughs> well, I mean, what, you don't seem like you're, you, you have had or are having a midlife crisis to me. Well, you know, it might not necessarily be a midlife crisis, but I guess what I kind of feel about it is, you know, I had kids young. So I, I immediately went from who my parents said I was to now what society says I should be. Oh, because now yep. I'm a mom. Nice. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm just chugging along doing all the things that I'm supposed to do mm -hmm. by society standards. And now my kids are older and I'm realizing I still have a voice. I still am right. a person. I still, and so right. sometimes, but yet I'm a big and firm believer in life. I said before fighting for that lifestyle, that's more than okay. So I, I want to travel. I want to work on my own terms. I feel like I am a creative, like God created me with these little seeds that are burning fire inside of me that society says, but you're a mom. So you should just make sandwiches and little bitty cute little coolers and with all the, the fruit. There are parts of society that, that, that do say that. Right? Whereas like, right. I'm the kind of mom who my, my daughter literally had to text me and was like, mom, make sure you check on your calendar because I know I have a dentist appointment coming up. And I'm like, oh, oh gosh, was it today? I don't know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I've also just had to accept that I'm not like this little like beaver cleaver mom. Like I'm, mm. for lack of better words, kind of this spitfire shit show that you just really never know. I mean, when I do things, I do it with a hundred percent of my heart, but that also means sometimes I forget about the things like dentist appointments or <laughs> peeled oranges for the team at the T-ball field, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah. so it's not necessarily <laughs> that it's a midlife crisis. It's more of me just kind of owning my stuff and going, you know what? I get it society. I get that. This is what you think I should do, <laughs> but I really not gonna play by your rules. So I love how you talk to society like it's just another friend or another person that's giving you crap. You're like, I get yeah. it, society. I mean, <laughs> I hear you, society, but get in your own lane. <laughs> <laughs> <Me>, okay. 
Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Wow. I'm realizing we, we could, we could have like a series of podcasts because there's so many different tributaries that are, that are popping up in my head, but I got it. I got to stay focused or this will last way, way too long. Here's, here's what I want to ask you. Okay. Now, so let's see, that's all, that's all good stuff, but I wanted, I wanted to end with this. This is, this was what I wanted to kind of build up to. So you had a post mm-hmm. the other day mm-hmm. And you and I have been, we've talked back and forth a few different times on the DMs. And mm-hmm. then you, you posted this thing the other day. And right away, I was like, mm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out and, and try to really make this happen. And this is how you ended your, your post. And I would like you to comment on this. You said, there's a plan written in a book we haven't read yet. Mm-hmm. This is just one more chapter. Mm-hmm. I want you, I would like to hear your thoughts on that, your expanded thoughts on that. I mean, I'm very strong in my faith. I definitely, even right now, um, I'm trying to do something, take a big, big business move. And I got bold and I, I'm negotiating with somebody. And um, I negotiated and I probably, you know, in a lot of people's minds think, Ooh, that was like minimal, but it's almost like, no, but this is where I know with a surety that God is stepping in and taking control because Mm. my little bit of negotiation is going to rest. Like it's going to give me that confidence that if they agree to my terms, then God's hand was in it. If Mm. I just agreed to their terms, I'm kind of just working off my own emotion. So I feel like, um, kind of with a lot of things, I'm very, I, I am the oddest combination of like super chill, when I probably should be worked up and super worked up and the opposite. should be chill. Uh, <laughs> I've got Italian running through my blood and I'm just this little Tasmanian devil. Like I'm this little bitty spitfire monkey that just feels like, you know, she can climb you and just, eh. but yet <laughs> at the end, I know God's got me. So you know, I've gone through some things. I, you followed me on Instagram. No, like I, I had a son, one of my twins who was born with a bone disease. And the Mm -hmm. only answer was um, amputation. When he was two, that was the Mm -hmm. only way we took him everywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. And long story short, we ended up going to a hospital. They did an experimental surgery and he was the first person in history with this disease to actually keep his leg. Mm. So circle all the way back through um, his senior year, he was, in a horse accident and broke his leg. So here we are now. He's the first reported case in history to keep his leg. Now Mm -hmm. he's the first reported case in history to break a kept leg. To break the leg that he kept. I'm like, hey, let's just keep adding the history books. Can we stop this? Right, right. with the first one, you know? So (laughs) I've had to realize, I think, mainly through that. I think that was probably my first real gut punch to realizing like, I'm not in control of things. And there's Mm. some things that I can worry about. And there's some things that aren't. And, and my son's story is already written. And Mm. so I tell him all the time, your story is already written. It's about how you hear it, how you receive it and how you act upon it. Mm. So I kind of feel like with the election and everything being so crazy, you know, God's got this again. This is all just a part of the chapters that we're just supposed to walk through. And it's not necessarily, you know, we can have an opinion we can have, but 
it's really about how we act and how we react to when things don't match up to our opinion or when our friends don't believe our opinions are valid. It's not us sharing and, and trying to get someone to believe something opposite of what they believe. It's about learning and growing from every situation that you encounter. So mm, I like that. I kind of feel like, let's just sit back and relax and, and learn things from people. I feel like when we disagree, that is my opportunity to say, Hey, there's something I don't understand. And it's my option to learn that and, mm -hmm. and to shift my opinion. I don't necessarily then mean I'm going to agree with you, but I'm going to have an open and receptive right. heart to see why you see the way you do. And if I right. can't become a better person from things that I don't understand, then I'm, I don't think that I'm doing myself a justice because Wonderful. I feel like that's, that, that's, that's so just, true. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely feel, like I said, I'm, I'm at peace with a lot of things I probably should not be. And I'm like wired up at two in the morning about things that really are so irrelevant <laughs> in this day. <laughs> oh, I wish I could say that I could not relate to that, but right? I, I, I have the same thing going on most of the time. Um, to finish with this, where, where's the best place for people to find you on all the places online that people can find you? Instagram. I'm just pretty much 100% myself on Instagram, Instagram stories, Facebook. Mm -hmm. I don't really, I don't really do Facebook much. I did TikTok for a hot minute, um, which is <laughs> awful because having teenagers, you know, anything you do, they're like, mom, mom, that's <laughs> so embarrassing. Mom, will you do that with me though? So I can get some of your followers. And I'm like, right, oh. right, 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 right. I get that. So, that's funny. So yeah, Instagram um, is, is the best. And it's uh, it's just uh, Spanky Mills on Instagram? It's yeah, I have it right up here. Yeah. If you yeah. look up anything with a Y, I'm not held responsible. So mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. if it's not... You're not going to save anybody yeah. that, that looks it up with the Y. They're on their own. Yep. You'll love them, but you're not going to save them from the Spanky with the Y's. If your computer gets a virus, it's not on me. I'm going to love you through it, but... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey, thank you for your time. This was absolutely wonderful. I really, really, really appreciate it. I enjoy getting to visit. Thank you. Thanks.